0: Living Wisely, Living Well, May 7th. The color orange suggests fire. It helps one to generate enthusiasm for destroying all desires and attachments. It can also be irritating, however, especially if one tends toward placidity. And orange can feed a tendency to cry out to people, look at me! Think of workers on the roads They purposefully wear orange to be noticed so that cars won't hit them. Well, this is fun, all of these colors of the rainbow that we're working through now. orange The color orange suggests fire. Traditionally in India, the color orange has been the color of ultimate renunciation. The sannyasis all wear gerua, it's called, but that's named for this clay that they used to use to dye the clothes when natural dyes were the only thing available. When um, Adi Shankaracharya, who was a great um, sage of the past, Swami Kriyananda, proposed that he was actually a former incarnation of Yogananda, he organized the whole Swami order in India some many, many millennia ago. Yogananda talks about it in Autobiography of a Yogi. And at that point, orange, I believe it was then, although now that I say that, I'm not sure if Adi Shankaracharya actually created that or not, but certainly from that time, orange was the color of those who had renounced everything and were living for God alone. And the, the fire that orange represented was to burn up all material desires and to burn attachment and identification with the ego itself. Um, The interesting fact is that in 2009, Swami Kriyananda, as a disciple of Yogananda in this life, and feeling inspired by Master in this life, and if Master was in fact Adi Shankaracharya, as Swamiji thought he was, it was also acting to continue that work. Because when Adi Shankaracharya organized the Swami order, the state of India was completely different. Um, Shankaracharya's, one of his jobs was to uh, reestablish the traditional Sanatana Dharma against the encroachment of a, a falsely atheistic Buddhism that was beginning to undermine the basic realities of spirituality at that time. So Shankaracharya created a, a deeper understanding of Sanatana Dharma and then organized the swamis, and there were lots of rules that were put in place at that time that were very sensible for that period of time. Cutting off all contact with your birth family, never staying in any place more than three days, never handling money, having absolutely no possessions. And so um, they created this culture of these sannyasis that were, were highly respected and supported by society for the for the benefit to society that their total renunciation gave. And they wore this orange color because the emphasis, it was Kali Yuga, and it was the emphasis was on burning up the limiting forms in order to liberate your consciousness. But over time, many, many centuries, um, many of those rules uh, became obsolete because culture itself began to change. Um, just the the integration of spiritual life into material life made it very hard for swamis to behave according to those rules, and they became honored more in, in absence than in fact. And also, with with time, everything begins to shift a little. So when Swamiji felt the inspiration in 2009 to start what he called the Naya Swami order, Naya simply means new, so it's the new Swami order, and it's based on Shankaracharya's principles, but it's updated for rising Dwapara instead of sinking Kali. The presumption was that Shankaracharya was in Kali Yuga descending, but there's some dispute. In any case, he was as to when he actually lived, but it was definitely deep in Kali Yuga. So now that we're coming into Dwapara and um, spiritual life is becoming much more integrated into ordinary life, Swamiji felt inspired by Master that a reformation was required. Not in the fundamental concept of renunciation, because transcending the ego, living free from attachments, not being bound to my material desires, these never go in or out of fashion. This is just simply what it is. But to relax some of the strictures, including going back to the ancient Vedic idea, where marriage itself was not an obstacle to renunciation. So one of the changes that Swamiji put into place was that married couples could become sannyasis together without having to renounce their relationship to each other? Now the uh, uh, Swami's life is above physical um, inter physical relationships, so the celibacy aspect of the sannyas order remained, even if people remained in marriage. And so Swamiji felt the color orange was not suitable there, and he shifted it to the color blue. And blue is the color of Christ consciousness. And the emphasis was more on what we were trying to become rather than what we were burning up and leaving behind. Since we a few days from now, we're going to talk about the color blue, I'm just going to leave the color blue aside at this point. But this is the positive and negative side of orange, because the other reason Swami felt to shift the color was he felt that as the, the purity of the original Swami order declined over time. That does not, does not preclude the possibility of very great swamis still existing in that traditional order. But the overall level has declined to a certain extent. And a certain kind of what Swami felt was pride had set into too many swamis, that they felt that they were somehow superior, that renunciation was superior to householder life. You see, this is the shift from Kali Yuga into Dwapara. In Dwapara, life is more integrated. And and culture and society as a whole is operating at a higher level. So even if you're you're serious spiritually, you don't have to repudiate it quite so fiercely. You can bring spiritual values into social life, which is the ancient Vedic ideal where uh, sages would have, you know, wives and families and they would all live together on a very high spiritual plane. And Swamiji felt that this idea of a renunciate being superior to a householder was not serving. was not serving society, and it was not serving many of the swamis. And so the the other aspect of orange, one of it being fire, burning up all attachments, just entering into the flame and letting everything be freed from the limitation of form and rise into the, the indistinguishable from infinite spirit. You know, just like you you light wood on fire and it turns into heat and light and smoke, and the smoke just goes and dissipates. And so that's the idea of orange. And it's a powerful reality. I step into the color orange and all limitations are dissolved. I have the power of fire in me. But um, if that also leads to ego, that's not such a good idea. The look at me color of orange. So even swamis who wear that color have to be very conscious of that, that if you, if you wear, whether you're a swami or not, if you wear the color orange, you have to wear it in surrender of your powerful egoic identity. You need to wear it that the power of the fire representing that color is leading me to freedom, not leading me to bondage and and so it's a responsibility when we wear orange that we have to wear it in the right way because it's an enormously attention it's an enormously attention getting color which is why swamiji said it can be disturbing to people he uses the word placid placid is sort of a swami's words are always so well chosen you know placid is not a negative word Um, Placid means peaceful and sort of undisturbed and even-minded. It can be even-minded, but placid can also mean low energy. Or let me phrase it differently. People can be placid for many reasons. People can appear placid because they're extremely, dynamically, inwardly calm, and therefore they move through life very placidly because nothing disturbs me. Whatever happens, I'm just ready for it and I I just don't mind. I'm perfectly happy to be here. Um, I witnessed Swamiji on two different occasions when he was um, in in front of the public. One he was actually speaking, and one he was just sitting in a line with a number of other spiritual teachers at a program that was given. And he was on a a stage, a platform, a raised platform on, on a on the floor level, but a raised platform. And in that case, there was a line of spiritual teachers at what they called the Meeting of the Ways, these events they had in the 70s in, in uh, San Francisco, when there was a lot of spiritual energy breaking loose. And so there was a whole line of well-known spiritual teachers, and they were taking turns speaking, and they were sitting in rocking chairs. And Swami was... He was at the end, actually, and he was just rocking a little bit while he wasn't the center of attention, he wasn't speaking. And somehow the, the platform was a little bit smooth, and the rocking gradually moved his, his rocking chair over to the edge, and he just fell off. And I happened to be watching him because I found him more interesting than who was speaking at the time. and I was just watching him, but what was so interesting, as soon as Swami began to topple over, he, he didn't cry out, he didn't flail his arms about, he just fell over, you know, and then he was just very softly fallen over, he quietly got up, he picked up his chair, he put it back. The second time I saw him fall over, he was actually speaking, he was speaking from a chair, and it was on this raised platform, which is about a 14-inch platform, which was at Ananda Village, it was on the, on the ground, but it was a 14, 14 or 15-inch platform, and, uh, He was just sitting in a stationary chair, but someone had set it up right against the edge. And Swami was talking and he was gesturing from his chair, and it caused the chair to topple over backwards. Swami was in the middle of a sentence. He toppled over backwards. He didn't even stop talking. He just kept right on. And then he stood up and somebody came and lifted the chair and he just delivered his lecture as if nothing had happened, because he was just in the moment. What comes of itself, let it come. There was that inner freedom. And so what I'm saying is you can be placid because you're so powerful inside. You can be placid because your energy is too low and nothing. You just don't put out enough energy even to react. And so if you're too placid, the color orange can be disturbing to you because it's too demanding and asks too much of you. Or you can not like it because it's so demanding and draws so much attention. It's simply not the person that you wish to be. You know, every aspect of human life has a, it's sort of its positive and its negative pole. Every, everything has a positive expression and can also have a, a negative expression. Um, and we always have to watch not how we appear, but who we actually are inside ourselves. So our relationship to orange can be an interesting test for us, but also bearing in mind that if our aura has no orange in it. And if the colors in our aura clash with orange, we might just have a natural disinclination for it that doesn't have any deeper meaning than that. So it's fun to think about these things, but we don't have to take them too seriously. But if the shoe fits, as they say, we shouldn't be afraid to put it on. Okay, my friend, the color orange suggests fire. It helps one to generate enthusiasm for destroying all desires and attachments. It can also be irritating, however, especially if one tends toward placidity. And orange can feed a tendency to cry out to people, look at me! Think of workers on the roads. They purposefully wear orange to be noticed so that cars won't hit them. Joy to you, my friends.